Welcome to the Outdoor You Podcast. And welcome back to Outdoor You. I should probably tell myself, welcome back. I am your host, Rob Klingeman. As I've been on a little bit of a hiatus, as my other behind the microphone gig in broadcasting local high school sports, we have been in overdrive with our high school basketball state tournament for both boys and girls, where I've just been nonstop really for the last three weeks. And along for the ride was our boys uh, who made a run to the final four. So um, before we even get, I know this is. Has nothing to do with the outdoors, but I do have to congratulate our Brandywine Bobcats um, for making a run, winning their first regional championship in school history and, and men's basketball, and making a run all the way to the Final Four, uh, where they came up short in the semifinal. But uh, just a, a magical ride by that team, and it was very fun to cover, and especially when you get to broadcast a game at Michigan State University at the Breslin Center, which is what we were doing a week ago today. Um, pretty exciting time. So, but um, basketball is over, and it's back time to get into the podcasting gig here on Outdoor U. And today, joining me, ironically, is a proud Brandywine graduate, good friend of mine, uh, the outdoorsman of all outdoorsmen. I I think the only thing that maybe he hasn't hunted or fished for is is maybe Bigfoot. I don't know. He might even he's might even gone after Bigfoot before. I don't know. But Jared Owens. Uh, is hello, here today, hello, hello. Hey, Jared. How are you doing? So I guess you know. Hey, at, going back to that Bigfoot thing, you know, <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think it was Oklahoma started selling tags for Bigfoot. Really? Yeah. Well, I've got my. And own. It wasn't a get. It wasn't a gag. It was they were actually selling. Dude, I'm almost positive it was Oklahoma. They were selling Bigfoot tags. Legit, legit, l- legal. DNR, yeah, through the DNR to sh- to kill Bigfoot. Or Missouri. Now, ironically, if you see my hat, I have my uncomfortable hat, <laughs> which is in support of my good friend Eric Salaji, who is has his own podcast, Uncomfortable, um, which primarily deals with the Bigfoot, along with paranormal and UFOs and yeah, all that. Yeah, you need all to the, ask him. I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm almost positive. I can't wait Missouri to Missouri or Oklahoma. One of them were selling. They were selling Bigfoot tags. That's that's amazing. <laughs> that's that's mind blowing. <laughs> but before we talk. Uh, get into the gr- the world of great outdoors. As you being a brand, not only a Brandywine grab, but you were a all state athlete. You were in the Hall of Fame at Brandywine. What did it mean to you as a Brandywine grad to see that? Run? Even though you weren't really a basketball player, you were a football and track star when you when Wrestling. you were. In, yeah. But for you to watch me- the men's program I mean, in basketball, what did that mean to you as a Brandywine grad oh, to see what them do? I mean, it was. It, there was no question, you know, when they started making that run, and then it was like, oh, they, you know, they're doing pretty well during the season, and then here we are, district champs, and then we go into regionals, and then you know, the regional, then we win the regional, and it was like there was a no-brainer that we got to go. I mean, we got to go watch them. You know, it was just, just that aspect of family that is, is Brandywine. You know, and I saw a lot of people there that I hadn't seen in years you know, that were up at the Breslin Center when we showed up. So it was cool. I think for those of that are listening to this from a local scene that obviously are familiar with Brandywine, I think the person that, that – where I got blown away was the quarterfinal uh, last Tuesday 
when Jeff Hatch even showed up. I mean, when you get a guy like Jeff Hatch to to get out of his house and show up <laughs> at an athletic event, right? Who is also Jeff, also ironically, is another huge avid outdoorsman, big time deer hunter. Um, seems like we always we always like to have a what we call he likes to call a phone beer during deer season, at least once a season, and just talk deer hunting. But uh, yeah, that was it was a great time. Um, great run and, and you know what they've only got one senior that they're losing yeah i think they're gonna make another run yeah next next year they'll be they, they had a lot of juniors on this year yeah, there was a there was a group of people that we didn't know when we were walking out they 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 were just there to i think they just bought the weekend tickets you know and they're like uh you guys only lo- losing one that one guy right and uh, erica was like yeah yeah and they're like oh yeah you guys are just fine you'll be right back here don't worry about it <laughs> We can only hope. We can only hope. But, again, once again, congrats to Coach Nate Knapp and the Brandywine Bobcats and, and to any other other uh, of our listeners who have area teams um, that won. I mean, here locally we've had, you know, the Northwood Panthers just south of us in Indiana just won the boys' state title. The Fairfield Falcons uh, won the girls' state title, which mm-hmm. is a school very similar to the size of Brandywine. Yeah. So that was very cool. I've got to believe that was probably the first state championship that, Fairfield's won in anything, so that was a huge ordeal. Yep. So, but enough sports. Let's get to outdoors. Sure. And uh, today we're going to be talking walleye fishing. And you are a avid walleye fisherman. I um, am. More so, you do. You're pretty much tend towards the Lake Erie. Yeah. I mean, is there a better body of water for walleye than Lake Erie? Not in this world. What What is? I mean, what is it about? It Not is. only Lake Erie, but like it almost seems like year round. I mean, because even oh, the yeah. ice fishing, there's legend, yeah, legendary stories of people going out there and <laughs> losing ATVs yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and having to cross like where the ice breaks and, yep. and the to literally, you know, yeah, put your life on the line. Yeah, I, I'm not all about that. Um, but yeah, Lake Erie, you know, there's a saying that 90 percent of the fish. In the Great Lakes, in the Great Lakes, 90% of them live in Lake Erie. So, it's spectacular. So, you're saying there's no fish in, in, in Lake Michigan? Yeah, there is. Just not like it is in Lake Erie. I so. mean, because we're near, obviously, we're much closer to Lake Michigan than we are Lake Erie where we're at. And, I mean, I grew up, Lake Michigan, it was Lake Trout coho salmon right. that that's you didn't there wasn't really you didn't hear about walleye fishing in lake michigan i mean when i you, you hear when more I think, about walleye fishing on st joe river yeah or i mean st joe river i think of smallmouth bass because i mean we talk about one of the greatest bodies of water for for walleye is lake erie mm-hmm. conversely for smallmouth bass the st joe river mm-hmm. is one of the best bodies of water right. in the entire country for yep. smallmouth bass. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, growing up, I mean, it was just that that's what you wouldn't being as close to the lake and with the charters and everything. That's what they were going out for was for the 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 coho and right and the, and the lake trout and stuff. And when you thought walleye, I mean, hell, you were going up to Canada, you know, and, and yeah. honestly, that's the only time that I've well, I've caught walleye down here locally at local lakes. But I mean, when you wanted to specifically fish for walleye. We went to Canada, and, right. and we did. It wasn't a charter thing. This is where you're getting out with the with the MEP spinner, and you're trolling, and and you're basically 
you know, hooking up with a walleye or a northern pike, you know, about every 10 to 15 minutes. I mean, right. a traditional Canadian um, trip. But I've never actually done the charter from from a walleye standpoint. I've done it with the coho um, and lake trout, but mm-hmm. never never walleye. So what got you What got you into it? I mean, how long have you been an uh, avid walleye fisherman? Oh, probably... Probably, you know, 10 years or so, we were going over. I got introduced to Erica, to Paul Ramp. He runs a charter business. Um, we would go with him just for fun, and um, we went on Lake Michigan a few times with him. And then he started coming to Erie. We were on Erie with him, and um, coincidentally, um one trip in particular, we were out there fishing, and um, on my new to, new to me boat, it was his old boat, and it just got to the point where we we were talking. He was talking about getting a new boat, this and that. And long story short, we you know we talked about buying his boat right then and there while we were fishing. And next thing I know, like we made the deal, and I looked at Eric, I was like, "Did we just buy a boat?" She's like, "Yeah." I was like, "Okay." Cool. Hey, the the best days of the two best days of being a boat owner is the day you buy it, buy it the day you sell, you sell it. it. I don't know. I'm pretty. We're. I don't know, we like our boat a lot. So, um, it's. Uh, I mean that 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 there's so much excitement and so much craziness that happens in the back of those boats fishing for walleye that it's. I mean, once it's almost. I don't know. Like a drug, I don't know, man. But when you hook three, four, five, six, seven fish at a time, has it got you to the point now where is that the only thing you fish for during the year? I mean, do you? I, I don't think you're we not f- really we perch fish too. But I mean, you're not the you're not the traditional bluegill fisher. No, I don't. I don't bluegill fish. I don't bass fish. I did that as a kid, but um, the the Lake Erie's where it's at. That's you want what you I want do. the big you want the big body water fish. Yeah. Yeah, it's you're just not it's in, just fun. I you're mean, not into casting, even with your even with your two little daughters. Oh, I mean, we fish the channel and stuff. To, that we. I mean, have, there's nothing like taking on. your kids, especially oh, when they're yeah. young, like your two, and casting a bobber. Oh, we still do that. Okay, I mean, not like crazy. I don't have a boat for inland lakes here, you know. But um, yeah, my my oldest daughter, Ferris, she is she is a fishing fiend. When we are over there, you know, when we are we're off the boat, she's got a She's got a pole in her hand, fishing the channels, catching catfish and bluegill and whatever. Now, does she bait her own hook? Oh, yeah. Takes, takes her own take, fish off? Takes her own fish Ain't off. Ain't scared of nothing. Nothing. Marin Mar- yeah, baits her own what hook. About, is, she the, is she the same? No, Marin Mar- Mar- can't get them off the hook yet, but she does everything else. So you got both of them that are just completely hooked. And, oh, and yeah. Ferris is definitely way more than Marin. Marin will burn out while Ferris is just she just keeps going. Well, there's not, and there's not that much age gap yeah. between them two. Fifteen months. Yeah. <laughs> so, so that that kind of started it, you know. I mean, and then we would, I mean, just we would camp. We'd go over. I mean, for the longest time, for a few years, you know, I dry docked my boat. So every time we went over, we'd ca- take the camper with us, and there's a campground right there. And then we would launch the boat, leave it in a do- in a dock for know three days and then when we got done we'd pull the boat back out and then then i finally got a slip and we were on a waiting list for a campsite and then we finally got a campsite so 
I, I obviously the biggest difference from what how you do it when you go out into the big lake versus here locally and just in your in your normal everyday lakes mm-hmm. is that you know you're not really you have to be equipment dependent as far as fish finders yeah i mean versus i mean i go out and say barren lake i'm not going to worry i'm just i'm just going to go right i'm going to pick a line and go troll right from point a to point b and if i hit him mm-hmm. i hit him i don't i don't mm-hmm. but i mean obviously that's a the difference between a fishing for walleye in a small lake like that mm-hmm. versus i mean you're the big one i mean you're very dependent on oh, your, yeah. on your equipment on the equipment yeah for sure um you know there's walleye everywhere out there you know you can catch them everywhere but you know there's pods of fish schools of fish and when i say schools and pods i mean it could be a you know a mile long you know a fish or it could be 400 yards long and you know 300 yards wide and that's that's the only spot you're going to catch them at or they're or they're or they're just active so how exciting is that when you see them on your on the on grass, the I mean that and, that and doesn't you, mean anything. You could have you, a, it could you, be lit up, but you might. But not. you got to be ready. I mean, there's got to be a little bit of adrenaline. Like, okay, oh, here we go. Let's, I mean, I mean, there's 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 a lot of times where I can like call and be like, you know, if we ran over a pod and we we hit you know two, three, four fish, I'll I'll swing back around. I know right where it is. Everything's got GPS, so I can be all right. Get ready. I mean, there's been multiple. I mean, countless times where I'm like, all right, like ten seconds. And I'll count it down. And then, I mean, there's been definitely times where I've been like, one, hit now, and the rod goes off. <laughs> so so it just depends. And and they're all, de- you know, sometimes they don't like, tr- you know, north, south. I mean, dude, it's so, it's so, it's so crazy how fish strike and don't strike. You oh, can troll sure. east and west. You can go from east to the west, and you'll, you'll hit seven fish. You troll back over them, you might get one. You turn around, you go back, you hit seven. You think... White-tailed deer and turkey are moody fish. Oh, it's on another level. Oh, it's it's and I, I've never been. Is the water stained? Is it not? I mean, it's it's crazy. You get all the. You get all the, um, the the apps, the mm-hmm. the the forecasters, if you will, the fishing game wildlife right. forecasters to say when it's good. I always think it's a it's a bunch of bullshit when it comes to animals as far as like deer right and and turkey never pay attention to it for turkey but like for whitetails i i i'm paying attention to barometric pressure to weather right to where i even though i know that the moon has an effect yep on a lot of things but it it really i think has a a major effect on fit i think those things when you get those moon Mm-hmm. Uh, forecasters, I think they're much more accurate. You may agree or disagree when it comes to fishing than mm-hmm. like wildlife. Would you agree with that? Yeah, I would. I would say that the moon definitely plays a factor in that um, weather. You know, as far as oh, for sure. You know, if the lake's turning over or not, and crap like that. I mean, Sun versus overcast. Yeah, yeah. Stained water. You know. I mean, I even noticed that even in ice fishing. I mean, nor- right. I hardly ever have any luck ice fishing during the day when it's sunny out. Yeah, it's just it's terrible. Yeah, <laughs> it's terrible, right? So uh, I mean, that it just got to find active fish. That's the biggest thing, you know. The lake it has a bunch bunch of fish, but if you're not on active fish, it, you got a long day. Ahead what's of your you. What's your average depth that you're ca- that you catch? I mean, at? I I fish the western 
basin. So, I mean, it could be 12 foot out to, you know, I think we've been in 30, 31, 32 foot. I don't think I've gone. I mean, you get a little farther than that, you're getting close to Canada on that side. You know, and that's the other thing about, you asked about what Lake Erie, why is it so special? It's a shallow lake. There's lots of reefs. Um, so there, and, and then you have the Maumee, you've got other tributaries that they all, you know, the Detroit River, they're going up and spawning in. There's lots of spawning opportunities for these fish and lots of, um, and lots of food. I mean, there's just, there's a ton of food for those walleye to eat. And, you know, they're not only just eating perch, they're eating their own, you know. So they are just gobbling up. As far as bait, are you 100% live bait? Do yeah, you use no, artificial? I use artificial. I use crankbaits. Like and then all and then, the time? Or, I mean, yeah, all the time. And then the um, uh, and spoons, we'll run spoons too. And then, um, like, early, early season right now, like, what – Guys are jigging. Um, I've never really got into the jigging thing because it's always cold, and I'm always starting my business, uh, landscaping, and getting real busy during the jig bite. So, I remember when when my dad and I, when I was in high school, we we did the whole fly in Canada thing yeah. up north, and we would just troll, you know. But yep. then if we come up into a little bay, we would stop and we would we would jig a little bit and. That's a blast too. I got some. I got some friends that over there um, that are they're, they're charter captains, but um, one in particular, he's a younger he's younger than me. Um, he's a casting guy, and uh, for the last couple of years, I've been like, man, just take me one time, take me one time, because he took a group of ca- uh, captains out one time casting, and they were all came back like, what just happened? And he said, dude, you go one time casting with me. He goes, it changes everything about how you what you do with these fish. He's like, you just won't want to troll anymore. And casting, but that, that takes, that ta- there's some really experienced. Ang- anglership. Oh, yeah, with all of that. You know, how your boat drifts and getting how, you know, all of that. Just your aim. Well, that, not only that, but just there's a lot to, there's a lot to that. Like where they're catching them and things like, because you can't just go out and catch them like in the middle of anywhere. Now, when they cast or when they're going out, are they, like, going 100 miles an no, hour and reeling it back, or are they no. doing it nice and slow? They're letting it sink, and then they're – it's usually, like, a 10 or 12 count, or it might be a 14 count, you know, something, whatever depth they're in. And then they're – as the boat swings, there's also that. So certain guys on one side of the boat won't have a great cast, you know, as the boat swings over the top of them. So it all it – all, I've never been on one, so I can't – I'm just – it's the pieces of what I've heard, but I've heard that's that's really like the cat's ass. Because you're using ultralight stuff as well. Oh, wow. So, you know, you get an eight-pound walleye on an ultralight. Oh, my God. I mean. I mean, that's just fun catching a bluegill. Yeah. So on an ultralight. I, I, I mean, I would say some guys use ultralights. Other, other way, other, I mean, they're, they're light rods. They're light rods. It's not like a big heavy-duty know salmon right i went out with a a guy this was gosh i want to say maybe eight years ago took me on the saint joe river and he was a big caster but that's why i asked you because he was he would cast off to the bank and then i mean he's just freaking going what are you guys trying to catch 
bass. Oh, yeah. And it's like, dude, I mean, this is right <laughs> when I was getting into my whole fitness phase, but it's like, you got to be in shape. For, I mean, because it's like, it yeah. was an upper, literally an upper body workout. That's funny. For him just, I mean, it's like. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm tired. <laughs> now, we caught fish. It worked. You right. know, I mean, he knew, he, this guy clearly knew what the hell he was doing, mm-hmm. but it just amazed me. That's the first time I've ever fished like that. Yeah. You know? So that that was crazy. Gotcha. So, yeah, I mean, that's uh, that, so that's a whole other thing. The jig bite, you anchor, and people are, you throw these, throw them, you jig with these big lead-headed skirted things with, you might put a minnow on it or, you know, something like that, and then people are jigging, you know. You know, it's funny that you mentioned lead because, obviously, if anybody that's in the realm of walleye in the last six <laughs> months, obviously, no, how, knows, about, how about if you just know the outdoors? Yes. How about that? Obviously, the, the huge story was the two individuals that um, got flat out got busted. Oh, Wasted. They are in big trouble. I mean, you talk about something exploding with a vit from you know. It went, went world, viral. It went, it went worldwide. Yes. I'll so, let you take it. Well, I mean, I mean, for those who have not been on the, let's just pretend. For maybe we have listeners that. Yeah, there's a big, there's a big walleye profession. So it's not like it's like take, an association. Take, take like Bassmasters, but it's the right. walleye event, and they do. Stops around all over the place on Lake Erie. It's called like the Lake Erie Trail or whatever it is. Well, there's a couple guys that just went on this winning streak for like a year and a half. You know, won a lot of money. Won a lot of money. Uh, a lot of prizes. They, everyone was like, it, it just, it just doesn't happen, right? So, um, they, they were suspected of it for a long time and. I mean, if you haven't seen the video, just go look at Lake Erie walleye cheaters. Yeah. You'll see that they almost got mobbed to death. I, I, I still can't fathom how they didn't get bludgeoned that day. They and, did it was, and, it was, and it was all about it – it really came down to the tournament director really sawed everyone back down. You know, he's the one that caught them, but then he sawed everyone down and prevented – just they were definitely verbally assaulted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, the one guy tucked tail and ran right away. The other guy just stood there and watched it. Like he unfold. was in shock and all. Yeah, he yeah just, like, oh, I don't know how those got there. It turned into a statue. Yeah, literally couldn't move. But, yeah, they, they shoved, like, two pounds of lead weights down every single walleye, a bunch of fillets, and, like, and the, and the crazy part about it is what I heard was that their fish were big enough to take, like, second place that day. And instead, they win by, like, 12 pounds, you know? So they were good enough to catch those, but then they still had to cheat. But, yeah, so they just – they just uh, I just saw it. They went to court, uh, and then they came back. They were going to – they were gonna go to court this week, or maybe it was last week. But I saw the, I saw it. I pulled it up, and um, before they went in, they struck a plea deal. They still got hit with a felony. Both of them got hit with felonies. They got um, three years license taken away. Um, the one guy lost his hundred thousand dollar brand new boat, 
and then they got a bunch of fines. Which that was probably given to him, like from a sponsorship standpoint, was it? I not? I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't I don't know if they were they weren't professional, like they weren't doing it full time, right? Because the big deal about that was most of these were blue collar guys that, like me and you, just do it weekend that, weekend warriors. Weekend warriors, but they had lots. You know, all those all those warrior boats. Everyone everyone's running them warrior boats and big. You know, I mean, to fish that, you got to have a legit boat, right? So people have hundred hundred fifty thousand dollars wrapped up in just their boat. Then you talk about gear and all that, plus a truck to pull it. You know, around Lake Erie and you know, and on that turn on that thing, you know, you're talking quarter million dollars of hard earned money. You know, you know, none of these guys. I'm sure. Sponsors, but none of them were, you know, not professional by any means. You know, it's a lot of blue collar guys. So yeah, they got, um, they, they got, they got what it took. You know, so karma's a bitch. I, I don't, I don't even know if I don't even. I think they should have probably had more, in my opinion. Like, like across the country, I think they only lost it in Ohio, like their fishing license. You know, on Lake Erie, so. and that's where they got caught. Correct. I think they should have, you know, should have lost it nationwide for 10 years. Make an example of them because, you know, that's a big stain in all of it. Like, oh, now we got to put our fish through scanners because people are going to cheat. Right. You know, and one of the first things I thought of, too, was like now that that they they were exposed and how they did it. How many times do you think maybe this has been done in the bass in the bass I, man, I don't know. As, as huge as tournament bass fishing is. Yeah, but, yeah, but the, the Bassmaster and all that, they've got cameras all over them. There's an official with every boat. I, 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 You know what I'm saying? This isn't official with every boat, a camera right. guy, you know. Although I, I did hear, I thought I thought maybe there was a camera. I don't know. I don't know the full story. but Somebody actually obviously had to tip them off. I think they could just tell by the way the fish felt. Yeah. And that's what the tournament director, I saw a few of his videos the days after that. And he was like, I could, you could just tell, like, their stomach wasn't correct. And you could tell when you picked it up, like, there was, like, the mass, you know, the consistency. You know, he's like, I've handled thousands and thousands of walleye. You know, you could just tell. That's why he cut it open. He cut it right open right in front of him. Yeah. Crazy. Well, like I said, karma's a bitch. Yeah, and it definitely they, they deserves every part of that. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know, and the other thing too about walleye is they're good to eat. Oh, I mean, it's one of the more popular, probably other than bluegill. Yep. It's probably the second most. Yeah. From a natural water. Yeah. Recreational fishing yep. versus, you know, it's got to be probably the second most ate. Yeah, fish I gotta, I gotta have world. my walleye fish fry again. I haven't had that for a year or two now. You know, because it's like I remember. You know, I'll reference back to that that trip in Canada that I did with my dad. You know, I mean, we literally limited out every single day, so we had to eat fish. Right. Three squares a day. Right. Otherwise, we couldn't fish the following day. And when you get flown into a remote island, there ain't nothing else to do mm-hmm. but fish. Right. But I remember too the northerns. Oh my God, they're so bony. Yeah, I mean, there's so many bones. Yeah, and, and you and can a, fillet. There's like a, you got to be really good. Yeah, there's like a five. They call it like the five cutter or something like that, where you yeah. cut everything out, the Y bone and all that, and then and you have 
good flays, but it takes it takes some practice to do that. Absolutely, get them all out. But with walleye, not near as bad. And no, man, it's delicious. Oh, and I and I prefer you know I don't I prefer the smaller ones. You know those eighteen to twenty two inch walleye are absolutely where it's at. And filleting the those. big ones, you know the big big walleye, the eight nine pounders, seven pounders even. I mean their fillets are big, you know chunky. It's all, it's all, you know. It just takes a little bit more to cook them, you know. It's the smaller, the smaller fillets are way better, in my opinion. Like a, there, there's nothing like bluegill, but God, are they a pain in the ass to clean? Right, because they're so small. I right, mean, it's like they're fun to catch, <laughs> they're delicious to eat, but oh my God, they're a pain in the yeah. ass mm-hmm. to clean. It's just like oh, you know, you go out there and and everybody limits out, and then you're like oh, then you get home and it's like man. Yeah, we still get like that though with the walleye because if you have a cooler full of you know thirty six or forty two fish, by the end of it you're like, man, I, I'm done. I'm done cleaning these things. <laughs> Wore out. <laughs> do you clean them like thawed or do you, like with bluegills? Like I, fr- I like to just throw mine in ice water and then get them borderline froze or so much. Well, they're in, to they're fillet. in. Yeah, I mean they're on ice when we bring them in. Yeah, and then we just we just right off the boat right to the fillet table literally. Lake Erie's the only spot you go. Lake Erie is the only spot I go. Where where else are hotbeds for for walleye? Walleye? Well, the Dakotas. Really? Know, yeah, North Dakota. I got a guy up, a buddy up there that. And why do they not catch walleye in Lake Michigan? I can't answer that. And okay, you're in Erie. Yeah, I mean, I mean Lake Michigan's Lake... deep. I mean, what is it? Eight hundred foot, seven hundred foot. Okay, answer me this: While you're f- walleye fishing in Lake Erie. Are they still catching like coho and lake trout? In so Erie yes, too? on the eastern side, they do. Occasionally, every now and then, someone will pull a coho in on the western basin. Every now and then, but the eastern basin's full of lake trout, um, coho, full of it. They they run up the, I guess that'd be the Hudson, right, over there. So when you go, where where are you actually? Like, I mean, how long of a drive? It's three hours from Niles. Oh, that's there. not bad. No. So you're going right, like I eighty, right, right in the middle of Ohio. I eighty straight over and Sandusky then. area. Yep, yep. Before Sandusky. So even before. Yep, even before. Stop off at Cedar Point. Even before that. So, yeah. Uh, going back to the um, back to the walleye eating them. So let's break down the walleye. So there's cheeks. So the cheeks are like, you know, you cut the. You've never had the cheeks. I don't think I ever. What? Like I said, I've I've only flayed. The only time I've really been into the walleye was with in Canada. Yeah. And and it, I when I've accidentally, there's been times where if I've gone bluegill fishing out at a local lake and uh-huh. I might drop a friend off at a pier and yeah. I'm riding back across, I'll just troll and I might yeah. troll and, and, but I'll just flay it like I do a bass. Yeah. I yeah. Mean, so you still do I've that. I've only filleted a fish, whether it's a bluegill yeah. to a, a, a five pound bass, I, I fillet it. Right, the same. They, yeah, they're the same. But then there's a cheek meat that you cut out. It looks like a fillet. It's basically a small fillet. I mean, a big, a big walleye will be like almost a, like a chicken nugget, like a fit, like a yeah. walleye nugget. Yeah, and then that tastes like lobster. Literally tastes mm-hmm. like lobster. And then there's wings. So the front pectoral fins, you cut those off, and then you take a pair of pliers and you pull the skin off of those, and then you fry those with the fins on them, and then it's like a buttery 
fatty meat. So it's not like the filet. It's more sweet and and just buttery, I would call it. Delicious. What's your favorite fish fry mix? Um Drake's? We Louisiana. Yeah, we, we use them all, man. I mean that uh oh what is it? The uh what do we got in the closet right now? I forget. We I, I've done my own. I just found it's easier to just buy it. I'm really hungry now. Yeah, I, I, and new way I do like making it with is with that Zatarain's blackened seasoning, and then you use a cast iron skillet and just get it piping hot. Put that put that on it. Put a little butter in there and blacken it. Boom, boom, both sides. It is to die for. No breading, just that, and it is it is really good. Now, to kind of change up species, since we're talking about cooking fish and eating fish in and, and different ways. I still, one of my funnest times growing up as a kid, and every year for spring break, if we didn't go to Florida, the years that we would stay home, me and my next-door neighbor buddy, we would always go at night, go catfishing. Mm-hmm. We'd just tight line. And where I'm talking the yellow bellies. Yeah. But then we would cut the main vein out, and we would literally, and, and, and I'm talking, we're, we're 13, 14 years old at the time doing this. I, I can't believe now to the day that we got this creative. But we would literally, instead of doing the normal filet, we would just cut them up into little cubes and boil them, then throw them in ice water, and then just take toothpicks and then put it in cocktail sauce. What? It was amazing. Wow. Yes. Never would have thought of eating any type of fish, but let alone a catfish. Because obviously, I mean, we catch catfish all the time by our um, by our camper. Try it, try it one time. It is boil it, boil the yeah, cut them, just cut them up into little yeah. square cubes, you know, that yep. are maybe a half inch wide. Yep. You know, interesting. And boil them, and then dump them in ice water, and then just take toothpicks and dip them into cocktail sauce. It's unbelievable. Wow. Catfish is really good if you if you do it right, or if when yeah. You, and you go back to the traditional way too mm-hmm. of you know whether you fry it or even broiling it. Yep. Um, Interesting. Yeah. So yeah, I mean that's uh, so the Lake Erie walleye is um, you know it's world class. So it's, it's South Dakota. It's south like those big lakes in the Dakotas. Um, I guess I've never that, known of that, Dakota's the having Devil's big... Lake in North Dakota is a huge walleye lake, huge walleye really? lake. Yep. I mean, I gotta believe it's huge in Minnesota. I'm sure it has to be. I just, I just know West, that Northern Wisconsin. I, I know the the that Devil's Lake in in North, uh, North Dakota is they have big tournaments there. Really? Yeah. I've never would yep. have thought in the wildest dreams. Yep. I mean, when I think South Dakota, I think first thing I think of is pheasant hunting. Right. You know, that's that's. You know, and hell, even yep. whitetail's gotten fairly popular out there now yep. too. Um, wow, mm-hmm. that's that's crazy. Yep. So here we are. We're literally forty-eight hours from April. I mean, are we approaching? Yeah, so are we approaching go time for you? Uh, not for me. The no? I, I've seen the last couple of days that all the charter captains I know are dropping their boats in. Like I saw a few go in the water today. Um, April first is what they kind of. 
There's some other. There's some guys that do it a little earlier, but usually April first is their like guideline to say, "Hey, we're we're, we're going to start chartering," you know, April first. So that's when a lot of the charter captains start getting out and doing their thing. Um, I'm usually mid or late April. Might might even be into May by the time I get out there. So I'm kind of hitting the tail end of the the jig. We might try jigging one day and then sit there for half hour and not catch a thing and i'll be like yeah, i'm done i'm over this how far into the summer do you go all the way to the fall really mm-hmm. you know that's the other thing too i mean we talk growing you know being a huge fisherman too but then you know when when like october comes most of us we're in a tree stand and our, right. our mind so yeah that fall is a phenomenal I mean, time to fish it is but, but most of us don't take advantage I'm of it usually i'm usually out of there by october yeah but, I mean, most of us just don't take advantage of it because our obsession to be yep. out in a tree stand just kind of supersedes yep. it. Yeah. Er- Erica, so Erica's actually a first mate over there. She has been for a couple years now. Um, and she's got trips coming up. She is a first mate for a charter captain. Um, so what – talk to me like I'm a three-year-old. What What's first – First mate. So they help out in the back of the boat. They help out cleaning fish. They help out, you know, with – you know, tangles and tying lures on. And, I mean, everything that a captain would do, the first mate's doing as well. All right? You know, netting fish, guiding, direct directing. How about that? Because that's literally what you're doing with, with like, if I when I have people on my boat, friends, family, you know, I, like, I want to put as many people on my boat as possible. You know, I like catching 36, 42, 48 fish. It's fun. Like, when you have a cooler like that, and it takes three or four people to get it off the boat. There's a lot of fish in there. So that's, um, you know, you're directing people at what to do because you can you can mess up the back of the boat real quick. Ask Dan Lynn. <laughs> you know, you turn your back on Dan Lynn, and he's got a whole side of the boat raked, and he's back there in the back. I think I got a video on Facebook of him sitting back there unt- untangling things. And I'm like, Dan, what are you doing? Uh, just untangling some stuff, <laughs> you know, so when people get in a hurry and it's not about, it's controlled chaos. I will say that it's controlled chaos in the back of the boat. Licensing. I mean, are we talking to so, standard Ohio non-resident? Yeah, fishing? non-resident. Do they, do they, they do, all- they do like a three day or a seven day. It's cheap. The, the year round is cheap. That's the one thing that I wish Michigan would go to is that they don't offer like like a three or a seven day, or even a one day. I think in Indiana you can even buy a one day. Maybe not now, but I think back in the day it was either a one or a three. Yeah, three day fishing license. Now the one thing that Michigan does do, um, they offer two free weekends two free, a year. Yeah, you know, which yep. that's cool. They do one in the winter time, hoping to get people out ice fishing, and then yep. one in the middle of summer. Um, but they don't offer the. So yeah. what? It, what is a what? What's like a three day Ohio non resident yeah, like fishing? Thirty thirty some bucks maybe. <laughs> Maybe why forty. Why can't cheap? Why can't they offer a three-day hunting pass? Yeah, right. <laughs> for thirty, that'd be great. Can you imagine? That'd be. Can great. you imagine the deer hunters that would be flocking? Oh, it'd be crazy. to Ohio if they did like. Yeah, it'd be crazy. So yeah, then so Erica's Erica's got a trip coming up in a couple weeks, so she's going early this year. Um, she's she's got several groups that she um that they request her by name, like, hey, she's got to be our first mate. She's going to take Dad this year? Oh, yeah, they, they go all the time. Okay, he, go, he goes over. Oh, yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, Is they he, went last year. Good. Oh, yeah. 
Mm-hmm. And the year before, oh yeah. Um they go over to that uh NHRA drag race over there. So they stay there and they go to that and then they fish like one morning or an evening or afternoon or something. Yeah, I so. did see him at the, when we went up to the final four. I'm assuming that's probably he rode up with you guys. Yeah, too. yeah, he came with us. I'm down at my, you know, I'm down on press row, and next thing, you yeah, know, here's Larry. Come, <laughs> and I'm turning around, I was like, "Well, pick." And of course, yeah. he's who I started broadcasting yeah. with. He was my sidekick when I started broadcasting yep. 21 years ago. Yep. So, um, so yeah, the uh, so she'll get going. I pro- I may put my boat in that weekend. I don't know. We'll see. I know we got to get the camper over there and all that set up. So, so. is it pretty steady throughout? I mean, or is there so peaks the, or, and valleys throughout so the summer? So, it's really, really good up through, like, really, really good, you know, up through June. You know, once the water temps really start coming up, that's when, you know, the big, May, May like, May, like, the end of May, like, the big females and all that are moving up, back off into deeper water to the eastern basin. So then, you know, you're left with all the males. I mean, you catch females too, but, um, you know, the size starts dropping off as the summer goes on and the warmer water's there. So that's, if you don't mind catching 18 to 22-inch fish. How far ashore are you? I mean, sometimes you're only 800 yards. Other times you're, you know, 10 miles. Really? Yeah. Or you're not even seeing land. Oh, you can see land. You can see everything. I mean, you can see Detroit. Toledo, Sandusky, all that at the same time. No matter where you're at, I mean, pretty much you can see all of it. So I, it's it's different than Lake Michigan, but um, you know, weather is a factor on Lake Erie because it's so shallow. It can get really nasty really quick. So I'm a fair weather fisherman. You know, I don't want to be out in four or five footers. I've done it. I mean, it's. Like, in the very beginning when I was like, ah, you know, like a crazed, you know, like, oh, let's go. It's only four footers. But then, dude, after, like, two hours of that, like, it's just not fun. Because that point, sometimes, you know, sometimes you got to, you're trolling to them or you're trolling it with the, in the trough. And then you have to pick everything up, drive two or three miles back. And reset coming into them or going with them again because I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. I'm not getting paid for that. I want to have fun. That's not fun, <laughs> you know? I will never forget the first time I ever fished Lake Michigan. And as a kid, went out with John Brawley, took us out. And, of course, we stopped and had breakfast early in the morning. You know, it's still dark. We get out there, and we were in, like, eight-foot waves. And I'm just like I'm I'm turning green, and the thing I remember I I, I tossed my cookies once on Oof. on the side of the boat, but then the thing I the only thing I really other than being sick was then as I'm sick I turn around and look and there's old John Brawley and if anybody knows John you can totally appreciate this but he's just sitting there eating a cold greasy pork chop with his bare hands. <laughs> And just, you know, not a care in the world. I yeah. mean, we could have been in 20-foot waves, and he still would have just been sitting there eating yeah. cold, greasy pork chop. Ugh. I'll never forget that. Oh, man. What's the largest walleye you've caught? Um, My mom put a 33-and-a-quarter-incher in, so it was big. 33 pounds? No, 33-and-a-quarter-inches, and it was probably, you know, I got it on my wall. She wasn't going to get it mounted. I mounted it. I said, but I'm putting it on my wall. What do you think it weighed? 
It was probably nine or ten pounds. You know, it was late summer. So, you know, early on in it the seems year. light for a 33-inch early, fish. Early on in the year, it probably would have been 14. You know, it, it, it would have been big. But, you know, late in the summer, they ain't nothing left of them. Hmm. They just eat themselves up, you know. They just lose all that. You know, and they spawn, do all that, and there's not, they're skinny, right? Kind of like a buck through the, after the ruts over. Yeah, correct. Yep, absolutely. Yep. So, that, uh, but, um, so we can talk uh, real quick, too, about baits. You know, I talked about jigging, Spoons. casting. They use, um, casting, they do use worms. Um I use I use spoons on like dipsy divers, so I'll run dipsy. So no minnows, nope, no no live bait. I don't use live bait. There's a lot of there's there's a lot of captains that will run like jet. They call them jets. You know they put jets and spoons on. They'll run a crawler harness on that, or they'll take the it'll be like a spoon with a crawler harness or just a crawler harness itself with like a little swivel. Um, and then the jet gets it down to the depth you want. Um. I run big boards. I don't run individual planer boards on every rod. I run big ones. So you run a line out each side of your boat with a basically another boat. Call it a boat. And there, your line is attached to this other boat, right? And then your rod line attaches to that line, and you run it down, and that gets your spacing out away from your boat. And then however many feet you have out, like so I run crankbaits, you know the depth by how many feet back you are, right? Simple math. Mm-hmm. So you'll set one side of the boat at I need the I need the lures to be at sixteen foot. So you'll set them at you know seventy five foot back. You attach the line, so they're all seventy five foot back on that side. It gets you to sixteen foot. The other side, you might go, well, if they're not maybe maybe let's try seventeen and a half foot. So what? How many? How many? Oh, I need ninety foot out for this bait. So that side's 17 and a half foot down. Whichever side fires up, you know, if you're catching more on one side. So you actually got to use Terry Mo- Terry Bohr Brandywine math. Yeah. When you go walleye fishing. Yeah, imagine that. You have to apply You math. actually have to apply math to walleye fishing. <laughs> Can you believe that? Crazy. Crazy. That, that seems like too much work for me. It's like, just give me a damn rod. I just want to go out there and yeah. cast out and catch one. Yeah, so – um so, like, early season, you know, your boats are running slow, water's cold, uh, you're using bigger baits, so um, bandits, um, like J13s, or I think they call them, or J11s, or Rapella's, like, version of that. Um, flicker minnows, they make a long flicker minnow. There's a bunch of them, right? But you're running big crankbaits, big, giant, slow, slow wobble crankbaits, running slow, you're running bags on your boat to slow your boat down. Um, then as the season progresses, you know, the water temperature warms up. They're after a little something faster. So this is a good story. Um, you know, when I first started, got told, you know, this is what you need, this, this, this. And okay, yeah, yeah. And it's so overwhelming, and, you know, you only have so much money, right? So one of the things that the charter guys were like, yeah, you got to have rattle tots. You got to rattle tots. And so I'm like, oh, yeah, go buy rattle tots. Well, I'd be running right next to some of these charter guys doing the same program exactly to the numbers, and they're just out fishing me like 10 fish to one. 
And I just, I'm like, this is stupid. This doesn't make any sense. Of course, the competitor in you, it doesn't bother you. No, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. (laughs) But it doesn't make any sense when you're doing the exact same thing. Well, to come to find out, these charter guys are Rapala, obviously, he's been sold here, there, whatever, you know. Well, when Rapala sold the Rattle Tots, they destroyed the old Rattle Tot molds company bought them well the old rattle tots they were just like no you got to use old school i'm like well where do you get them well you got to find them i'm like what do you mean you got to find them so i'm asking all the charter guys i'm like dude you know they're like oh yeah i got like you know 500 you know i got a thousand i got 300 you know and i'm like well just sell me some no i can't do it (laughs) i'm like what do you mean you can't do it i'll give you 20 dollars. just sell me some you know sell me one for 20 bucks no i can't it's like a lane with a sponge inside. I'm just though. like, what do you mean you can't sell them? So I, me being me. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. So I start making connections on onto old school pages and, old, you know, collectors, right? Because they're a collector item. So I've got a collection of rattle tots now to rival any of them. So I started getting all these rattle tots. And um, so then they started asking me, man, why don't you sell me something? I'm like, no, no. So there was a group, a group of three of them, and um, I had just come across a huge deal. I don't know. I bought like you know, 125 of them all at once. And so I gave eat the, these three captains that wouldn't sell me a single one. I gave them the best color possible and handed it to them brand new in the box. Thanks for the advice. Thanks for the advice. Thanks for the advice. I gave it to them for free. So they were all like, what? But at the same time, you're going, F you very much. Yeah, like, you know what? When I needed them, you wouldn't. But no, you'll take a free one, won't you? Uh, it's just a running joke. But, I I mean, there's some, some of the captains over there, like the one that uh, Erica works for, Rich. You know, he's he's got an amazing charter captain service. Um, but Paul Ramph, I mean, both of those guys can outfish me like it's it's dumb like how they can out just they just i mean they i mean they've been doing it and bud especially is is super that's where i've gotten a lot of just fishing with him so much and and you know just observing he'll he'll sit down and talk with me too well they all will yeah but i probably bugged bugged him the most out of all of them about you know He's been Just doing the, it for a minute. Yeah, and, you know, you want to listen to someone that knows his shit, you know, Bud, Bud does. Um, but he, he, he is always one, you know, if I have, if I have a, 10 questions, he'll answer all 10 of them. If I have 30 questions, he'll answer all 30 of them. That far deer head on the very far, that's my very first buck that I shot with the bow and arrow. Bud did that. Oh, yeah? Yep, that's his taxidermy yeah. right there. Yep. That's awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so I've I've probably learned the most from him right off the get go, you know, and that was that helped tremendously, you know, being able to fish with him and doing all that, and then you know, there's captains out there that don't believe in colors. There's you know captains that believe in colors. I'm a believer in color of my bluer, you know, if it's oh. overcast, if it's sunny, 
you know, all of that. I'm, I'm a huge believer. You know, if I've got one color that's firing up, I, dude, I will switch. I dude, will, I'll be like, I'll be like, pull that side, and I'll, I'll already have the rattle tots laid out or the, or the bandits laid out. Like we're putting all them on right now. That sounds like us bluegill fishing, ice fishing for bluegills. That's a huge thing with, with colors because, yeah. like the last time, of course, around here lately, ice fishing has been terrible. Yeah, terrible. There, you want ice? But two years ago, when we actually had, or no, it was last year, not this, but in like twenty one, twenty two, winter, um, we call it we called it the Wonder Bread. Oh yeah, it literally was like the white, white and the. With the, with the yellow and red yep. and blue dots, it's yep. like a, a a Wonder Bread. Yeah, we, when we have those, wrapper. we have those on the the Bandit makes one. There's and, a couple versions, and of that they too. got hot, man. It's like you went to the bait stores and I need the Wonder Bread. Gone, gone, <laughs> gone, <laughs> gone. Yep. The funny thing was, is I traded my Jeep in um, about a month ago, and I was cleaning it out. I had two Wonder Bread uh, jigs. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> in my in my little change compartment. Yeah. The the one thing that you know, the big one of the biggest things that I learned with depth and colors and all that, Roy G Biv. Right? The spectrum. Mm-hmm. You know, as you go deeper, you know, those as you the reds fade out. And you wouldn't think that, but that's true. So if you you know, stained you know, stained water deeper, you want the violets and the purples, you know, if it's clear and sunny, you want those blues and those chromes, you know, at the surface and reds. Um, so that that that's a big that for me, that's a big one is matching, just going by the Roy G. Biv, and using that to for the walleye, and that's that was a game changer for me. Truly, like my fishing got so much better just because of that. Color matters. I mean, I, I, I can't. I, I personally am a hundred percent believer in it. Oh, I, I totally agree with that. I mean, I think that's with any. But there's I mean, captains out there that don't give two. I mean, unless you're snarls about obviously it. dealing with live bait. But I mean, yeah, if you're if for if you're an artificial guy, I mean, yep. color color is everything. It is everything, everything. So because it goes right back to the so the, the fish so are so damn moody. going back to the rat old school rattle tot. So I've got a good collection of old school rattle tots now. And um, the so are difference you, are you between the, are you the asshole now that wears like nope can't have, nope oh yeah I don't share any of them <laughs> I got one captain that I'll share with you know if, but he's got he's got twice as many as me so it doesn't count it's it's rich it's Erica's the one that Erica works with he's got twice as many as I do but he hands me he hands them to me every now and he's got some special pretty custom color ones that he's given me so it works both ways um. But uh, the difference, what I found out with the old school and the new school, so the molds, right? Well, the molds on the old school ones were used so many, so many times, right, that there were little imperfections. So the old school, there were imperfections in the molds that made them, you couldn't see it physically, like with your naked eye, but they were just, they weren't perfect, right? They weren't perfect. And the bills on the old school were like, the aluminum was like good aluminum, right? Like old school steel cars, good steel. Now we have junk, right? So the new school, they went with this lighter, lightweight, just dumb aluminum that 
you troll with them for a day or two, and the bill rips out of them. Like, you rip the thing off the bill. Like, they're gone. And then the old-school rattletots, don't, I don't care who, we can argue about it all day long, but I'll stand by my this. The old-school rattletots, you know, side-by-side side with a new one, here they are, they're shaking, right? But then the old-school one will all of a sudden, like, dart to the right three foot and then come right back, right? Just out of nowhere. And then all of a sudden it might dart to the left four foot out of nowhere and then come right back to the same spot. So they seek like they're they're erratic, right? And that erratic behavior causes strikes. I'm looking at all these rattle tots. Yeah. I don't I don't care what anyone says, but the erratic behavior in the old school makes a huge difference oh, yeah. in that. And you can see it if you if you have them side by like in the back of your boat, you can you can see those old school ones, all, like even just three or four foot under the water, will all of a sudden doop, they'll just dart out. Yeah, and that that absolutely triggers fish. That's the same way. But you still got to get the bait in front of them. You know, you you you're above them when you when you fish for them. You're not below them. You're above them. They 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 hunt from below. You know, so you still got to be in that strike zone. You know, if you're a foot off, you could even be six inches off, and yeah. you might only catch one fish. But if you get in that that perfect zone maybe you just caught five fish through that hole or you know that erratic behavior i think that's very similar and same way with with bass at top, oh yeah with, and, like, and with top and musky and especially with top water baits yeah, oh yeah you get them you know you're dancing across yep. skimming the top of the water yep. they're they're but that's why for that i that one summer i could not i couldn't catch anything on a rattle top it was i mean i could but not like i do now it was all because I didn't have the old school ones and no one wanted to share with me. Well, give me a call. Anytime. I mean, I, 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 I ask people all you do. the time. You do. You basically all just kind the of, time. You just kind of throw it out there. I and do. I'm, I, and, I mean, Burdick, you know, Adam, uh, one, one example, Adam Burdick, and I don't know, who, who came with him, that group, that time? I don't know. I never fished with them before. You know, they never, they never were on my boat. And we had, oh, Chile was there. I mean, we had a got rain off the lake by a storm. We s- finished our fish, it, you know, cleaning them. And I'm like, you know, boys, we could go right back out because the storm finished. And I said we could go back out and get our limit in about ten minutes. It's only gonna take one pass. And they're like, well, let's go. Hopped in the boat, drove out. It was longer to get out there and set up. We set up before him. I said, okay, get ready. And we made one pass, and we caught our fish and had to throw fish back. I mean, just every rod in the back of the boat went off. It was awesome. Yeah. It was awesome. That's fun. So I guess I better get my I better get my bird early once turkey season and get that over with. Yeah. So I ask, I, I do. I, I ask think a lot of times all the time. You've asked me before, and it's like, man, I, I haven't got my bird yet. It's right in the prime of turkey season. Yeah. And, you know, but. I, I do. I throw it out there. I, and I know sometimes it's short notice, but, I mean, it's, I only I usually only fish on the weekends, you know. Yeah. So, I'm just trying to fill the boat. That's it. You know, my two girls are usually on there. If Erica's not working, she's with me. And then, you know, there's been multiple times where it's just been me and my two girls. Because Erica's on the other, another boat, and I'm taking the girls out to go fishing. And I'm, it's just me and the girls. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. You should. And then. Yeah, if you're ever on my boat, you're gonna be amazed at what my girls do on a back of boat. I'm especially almost, especially Ferris. I mean, she nets every fish that comes into that boat. I can't wait. Every fish. I'm fired up. Let's <laughs> do this. 
Well, thanks for listening. Jared, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Talking walleye. I mean, we remember can talk. if you see a post and who wants to go fishing, jump up. all over it. Better jump on it. So once again, we want to thank you uh, for listening to the Outdoor You. Please do us a favor, spread the word. Uh, tell us where well, you can find us on Facebook, and we're on all the major podcast platforms. Um, here we are at the end of March, and we will we're kind of running out of time, but we will do our March. Whitetail You edition here in the next day or two. Um, talking whitetails and, and what we should be doing, can be doing in the month of March. Of course, obviously, um, where a lot of us are gearing up for the turkey season that will be starting here in a couple weeks. Um, actually, I, I'm doing a trip to Florida, and the day I get back, the following day is opening day. So um, I'm going to be basically hopping right off of an airplane at Midway and heading right to the woods, I think. Nice. So, and... Um, Get, hopefully can get my bird early and then go walleye fishing with you. I hope. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Yep. Enjoy the uh, the roller coaster weather uh, that we come to know and love here in the Midwest where it's spring in the morning and winter in the afternoon and then fall by evening. It's, it's a roller coaster of events. Today was a perfect example of that. Um, hopefully spring will break and it'll warm up soon and stay warm. So... But as always, stay outdoors. Thanks for listening. We would like to hear from you as the listener. If you would like one of our podcasts dedicated to a certain outdoor subject or to share your favorite outdoor experience, either as a guest on a show or post on our social media page, you can do all of the above by reaching us on Facebook at Outdoor You. Thanks for listening.